It can't be taught. It must be caught. So catch it on Cadre. Three, two, one. We're live with Nick Hansen today from Franchise Ramp. Nick, how are you, my man? I am doing uh, outstanding, James. How are you? This is a bit surreal to be sitting uh, in I'm, the in the van with you. I, we, we got this beautiful van. We're going coast to coast, and we're looking for real stories from real people, and then and then eventually circle back for the extraordinary outcomes. You catching that? I'm catching it. You catching yes, it, baby? We're rolling. We got video rolling we, we, here we, as well, right? Yeah, we got everything going. Okay, right, beautiful. So, so so yeah, you woke up this morning. What was the first thing you thought about? First thing I thought about was uh, gratitude. Um, yeah, so I ran, a, I do a meditation on the Insight Timer app and had a, a gratitude one going this morning. And then uh, I usually hit my knees for the third and seventh step prayer from the 12 step uh, program. program, you know, just just works. It's kind of old school, you know, but something about getting down on your knees and praying and just saying like, you know, hey, help me help me out today. Because my mind usually first thing in the morning the first thoughts are usually fearful and, and anxious. You know, I oh, think the okay. the cortisone in the brain, I think, is a little bit higher in the morning. So I'll wake up with, you know, my first thoughts are like, oh, I've got this and that going, you know, or or some kind of uh, nervous system thing. But if I get immediately into the prayer meditation, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of music, a little bit of writing, I kind of get centralized for the day. So, All right, so you, you've got your routine. So your, yes. your routine keeps you keeps you steady keeps routine keeps you level keeps me level yeah oh that's really good yeah all right so so that's that's your whole routine anything else you how about nutrition or do you do coffee or anything like that in the morning i or? do coffee yeah i at some point i would like to cut coffee or i was, cut I was wondering because that that can that amp, can amp up cortisol it can amp it up a little bit so i usually have uh about four cups and then i cut it at 1 p.m so between about 8 wow. a.m and 1 p.m i have about four cups of coffee and then I cut it there and then I'm able to sleep well at night generally. Now I used to be a, you know, smoke the cigarettes and have the coffee all day. And then when I quit smoking that kind of, you know, the caffeine kind of cut back, you know, a little bit as, as well. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so, so my question that comes to me right now, you mentioned franchise ramp. Yes. Why franchise ramp right now? Why, 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 what brings you to that? Yeah, so I've been with Franchise Ramp for about three years, and we started out, you know, pretty small. And um, I was basically employee number one, and uh, my brother and his partner had started the the company, and they're both um, Club Pilates franchisees. Okay. And um, they were also originally started in the Liberty Tax franchisee game, and they basically got super good wow. at uh, marketing, you know, fitness franchises. And they had initially wanted to do kind of a consulting course where they were going to train other franchisee owners how to make, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads. That's awesome. And yeah, so we started with that. And then we started actually managing, you know, the paid traffic campaigns, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, Google for these different franchisees. And it's grown from there. And, you know, we were at 20 locations then. And now we're with almost uh, 600 um, across the country. And so I'm the creative director for the company. So just manage our creative, make sure the right assets, uh, video and photos are running, uh, managing the relationships with the different CMOs from uh, different companies. And um, we're also starting now to actually film some some content uh, as well, whereas in the past, we've just more managed the uh, paid traffic campaigns. But it's a big job. And it's one that uh, if we can do well, it takes a lot of pressure off the individual 
franchisee because they're spending a lot of money and a lot of from our first time business owners, you know, 600,000 to a million dollars, maybe they're putting into this and maybe they're coming from corporate America, wherever they're not used to, you know, that. And so if we and can, they need to get a bang on their buck right now. Yeah. And they need the leads and really, you know, social media is the the place to, to get those leads. All right. So what, what, with, with these franchisees, there's, there's significant money going in. What's your biggest challenge dealing with these, these folks right now? I think the biggest challenge has been um, COVID, you know, was okay. was huge with the gym industry. And we, we've, you know, come out the other side of that. And people have realized they still really need to to work out. Um, other challenges, I think, are just the, you know, the social media platforms are constantly changing and evolving. And it's it's not nearly as easy to get leads on Facebook as kind of it was in the, the heyday in like 2014 to 2016. You know, there was just the... The algorithm was such that it was easier to have a much better cost per lead. Sure, you know, and now you got to fight for it a lot more, and that's what we do uh, well. So, so you're you're in the trenches. You're, We're in the you're, trenches. You're grinding for those leads. We're grinding for those leads, and we've got a, a great team to do it. So we have some of the team is uh, more customer facing, and you know, managing the relationship with the clients, and then there's uh, you know those in the weeds actually building the campaigns, optimizing the campaigns, and cool. working yeah. out of that we'll, way. We'll, we'll yeah. touch on that. We'll come back to that. Yeah. But, you're, but you're also a movie maker. You're yes. a movie producer. You're an yes. actor. You, you do you do all these creative arts. So so what's 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 your driving force around the movies? Where's the motivation? How how does that come up? Yeah, so I think there's always just been this compelling need to create and connect. Okay. Right. And there's no better way to do that in our kind of day and age than video, movies you know, creation. And, uh, I started writing a, a screenplay in high school with my buddy, Joe Hillman. It was kind of like a Indiana Jones knockoff about GE Kincaid, who was kind of like the real life Indiana Jones. And then I went to uh, Gustavus Adolphus college in Southern Minnesota to play tennis. And, um, while I was there, I was like, Oh my God, I I'm really falling in love with this movie thing. And I took a video art class cool. and then we started shooting our own feature films, you know, and it was very like kind of mafioso, like we were really into Tarantino and Scorsese and all those kind of guys and um, and learning just the basics of, um, of filmmaking. And we made some really cool movies and had the college really got behind and we had big premieres and uh, made an individualized filmmaking major that combined uh, creative writing, theater and art cool. department into one. And so it had to kind of convince the school convinced my parents convinced everyone that this was a good idea this was this is up north you, you uh this is in college at uh gustavus in southern Minnesota. Gustav okay oh, yeah. gustavus okay i was wondering so so that that became a passion of yours yes and how many movies have you produced um countless really mm. you know uh i would say probably four feature films um we have an episodic uh tv series now called the groomsman which is a romantic comedy that is uh cool uh premiered on haranavision which is an la-based uh distribution channel a new one that has other films from uh Patton oswalt and um some other kind of stars on there so we were really excited about that and that one i actually produced with my cousin and my mom and so that one was kind of a family uh, affair. Family, family affair, yeah. And so I've gotten a ton of help from from family and friends with all of the the film and video stuff. And a lot of them appear in the different movies. We've done a Western. We've done Western called Salvo, psychological thriller called John are, I Am. Are you acting in all these? A lot of them I'm acting in, yeah. Some of them I'm not. Sometimes I act in other people's stuff. But I realized in college, you know, when we started filming, I was the best actor that I had 24-hour-a-day access to. To, yes. You know, and so, so you had to put it out there. I had to put it out there. 
and like you know when we're filming it's like it takes so much time and it's hard to convince people to do it and it's like but i found that i really love acting you know so um, do, you, do you like the front of the camera or behind the camera i prefer the front a little better well, i like behind too you know i enjoy kind of every aspect of it i i do enjoy being in front because it's a little less technical and it's a little more kind of you know, you're just using the instrument the of your voice and your yes. creativity and everything. So it um, kind of can disconnect from the technical side a little what bit. What kind of feeling do you get from that? I get just a, I would say a high, you know, and also. You get, you get a little buzz off little of being buzz. in front of the camera. Absolutely. And letting it, using the whole, the body as an instrument. Yes. The voice, the the, the motion, whatever it is. The moment. The, the, the behavior, the being in the moment. We've talked about that. And when the camera's rolling, I guess I feel more in the moment a lot of the time. And time oh. kind of dissolves a little bit. Can you take can you take that moment from acting and bring it into everyday life now? I think you really can. You know, there's a thing called the Rykov effect where it's a Russian thing where it's about how we're our personalities and abilities and everything are much more malleable maybe than than we assume, you know. And so I think some of Perfect. the things you learn in acting you know, um, you want to be your authentic self, but sure. in many ways, like Shakespeare said, the world is a stage and we're merely players There's upon a, it. Correct. Right. And that's so true in a lot of ways. We have our work self, we have our family self, we have our relationship self. And and I think in this new kind of world we're in, they're becoming more melded together. And I think that's a good thing, but it's also an uncomfortable thing because we're in a whole new era where it's like what was working in 2019 is not working now. And, and, and that's, that's okay. Cause, yeah. Cause you know, we, we just came back from a weekend with Goggins. Yeah. And a big part of his book is do something uncomfortable. Yes. Every day. Yes. So we are, the world is in, in an uncomfortable position today in, in everywhere from, from finance to emotions to pandemics to, to inflation to a war in Ukraine. Yeah. So we're in that uncharted territory. With that being said, how, how, how should people be dealing with that in your world? How would they deal with that? That's a really good question, you know, um, and I think a lot of it is about uh, maintaining sanity and taking care of self, you know, like the world seems to be moving at a faster clip. I know my own world and a lot of people I know, including you and, and all kinds of people, we have so many different exciting things, almost a problem of abundance going on you know and that's not everyone some people might have a, a flip problem where they're they're really struggling lack. there's a lack yes. you know but i think either way you know and i was just thinking of that today because it's been a really like it was one of those mornings where everything was just kind of popping off was getting calls and work had this going on and, and so there was so much happening but i just kind of thought like you know do the morning routine and just kind of uh take care of business because there's only in God's time, you know, is, is you can work quickly, but if you're rushing, then you're kind of off of God's time. And I've done that. I, no, I do that every day. It's interesting right? you mentioned God's time because there's, there's a far greater plan is what you're saying. Yes. And we, we have our own agenda. Yeah. And then there's the agenda. There's the agenda. And then yeah. you have to pay attention to the agenda as well as your own agenda. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, and I think, God or higher power, the universe wants us to be happy, joyous, and free, right? And Correct. so if we're 
but he also wants to test us, so it can be confusing. You know, uh, yeah, am yeah, I yeah, too yeah. stressed, or am I, or is this just the, the right thing? And, yes. And so that's why I really like the power of the the we because we, we the cool thing is we don't have to do this alone because we've got each other, we've got the higher power, we've got all these things. Oh and, my man, that's, yeah. that's that's why I love Nick. Nick, you're right. You're my brother. You, you are my you, brother too, man. You, you know, you bring you bring you bring wisdom. You bring humor. You bring uh, lightheartedness. You bring depth. Now, 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 so switching gears just a hair off yeah. of that creativity. You're known as Nick the Poet. Yes. Tell me about the poet. Yeah, so I've kind of started uh, shifting some of my, you know, personal videos to the poetry because that's kind of the number one art form that is almost the most fun and natural for me is, you know, poetry. And... um and so I started writing poems really in college. And then after college, you know, particularly when I was going through some of these mental health and addiction struggles, I would sit down and start writing and these poems would just kind of pop out in 10, you know, in 10 minutes. And the, the, the great example of the one is uh, um, the thing about the mind is that when it's on the grind, it might never stop until I just want to bop my head with a bat. Like someone might do to a man sitting on the sidewalk, sunning and getting a tan. He's wearing those black ray bands. And I stopped to chat, have a cig, talk about getting that gig down at the corner bar doing stand up. But I said I wouldn't put up my services for less than minimum wage. <laughs> when the mind's on the grind, the binds that persist need to be eradicated and destroyed on the live podium of performance where my chi can't be disrupted by fools transforming me like bees out of a hive. It makes me want to cry out into the fields, waiting for the bells to chime and echo in unison giving a rise to a wife, a house, and two kids who go to Ivy League school. Now, that was the, the dream at the time when I was 20. Awesome. Now it's, that, yeah. that, that was awesome. So this so, so this comes to you naturally. Yes. And when, yes. when, when times are, let's say, challenging, it, it'll, yeah. it'll flood into you. Yes. And, and it brings you, what, peace and calm? I think it brings peace, calm, and an understanding of uh, kind of the emotional situation or what's happening in society. And so I just, it's just a natural form of expression. And I think with marketing and filmmaking, like everything is so time intensive and takes so long, which I enjoy, you know, the grind of that process. But yes. the to have the poetry always going with that to kind of have that, you know, even if I just spend five or 10 minutes a day with it. And then I like to usually share it right away on social media after I wrote it, because it does seem to help other, other people. That is so cool. Too. So, so yeah. you'll, you'll write it out and you'll, you'll speak it out. Uh, write it on, out. On camera, uh, in, where, Instagram? Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, you know, and I started, you know, before Instagram, I was, when I was really going through, you know, these mental health and uh, addiction challenges when I was 20, I was, I had a bigger camera then and I was filming everything. You know, uh, like so you're, you're, you're documenting. I was documenting. What, what, what is your phrase? When in doubt, document. Uh, document don't create. So that's, that's, that's there. You go. That's document don't create. That's Gary V, who's you know really uh, our social media guru, cool. my personal you know social media business guru, because he really almost preaches about kindness in business, about how you know you just have to document. You don't have to create. create I mean, this is a great example of that. You're just documenting. Real, Real conversations, yes. uh, yeah. So it's working. I so I so so take me back to a time, a challenging time. Yeah, let's go back. Was it 20? 20 to I'd say twenty to twenty five. You know, I was having a, a lot of challenging times. Yeah. Interesting. I right, so so describe some of those challenging times. Yeah. What happened, and what'd you do about it? 
Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think in t- towards my last kind of junior and senior year of college was when I started having some more of these, uh, you know, mental health crises. Like my my senior year um, after the fall tennis season, my teammates had made it uh, individually to the national championship, you know, down in Mobile, Alabama, and I'm in St. Peter, Minnesota at the time, and. I find out that they're in the final, you know, I find this out at like 1am and I hop in the car and just start driving down there, you know? Um, and you know, if I was kind of in the right frame of mind, that would be maybe okay. But I was, you know, a little bit high and manic at the time. And so I didn't, you know, I made it like down to Iowa and then figured out. Oh, wait, 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 yeah. <laughs> pause for a second. So, yeah. so this is your team. This is my team. And they, yeah. they were they were down south. Well, so I was on the team, but it was like the top two guys, our top two okay. guys who were close. My I was best wondering why friends, you were saying, okay. You know, and they, so they had individually, and they'd actually beaten me and my partner in the final. Okay. You know, so it was like, but only those oh, two went can to travel the, to go to, they, to compete. They made it from regional to like the All-American. So I was one match away from being an All-American. That's my claim. To claim oh, to right, right. That's cool. Right, so, so, so now we'll come back. And so you, yeah. you, you're, this is one of your challenging times. Yeah. And then if you're in a good state of mind, it would have been reasonable for you to get down there. Yes. But this was not a good particular state of mind time. No. And I mean, this was still early where it was still kind of, uh, maybe more fun or more viewed as, as certain. So this was, you know, before some of the later challenges that would seem more serious, but this was kind of the beginning of that stage, you know, of, uh, of these kind of mental health struggles that would go on, you know? So this, this became, describe that to me. Um, it was manic. It was, it, it was manic, you know, and, uh, you know, I kind of felt unstoppable. And when I figured out that I wasn't going to make it there on time, then I kind of shifted gears. And this was during the Obama McCain campaign. And I started thinking, I've got my camera. I'm going to follow the Obama McCain campaign trail and become kind of like a college student reporter. So shifted, shifted a detour. You had a detour. Once again, kind of a a good idea, you know, at the time, at the time, but I was not in a position really to execute on that, you know? Um, And so I was, and I started calling a lot of people back at college in my hometown, like, you know, looking for, kind of support and like, you know, calling like the local news stations, you know, but I didn't really have a, you know, a plan. I think I called Luke, you know. So um, you, you didn't have a purposeful employer, anybody like that who would, would subscribe or, or catch on to what you're doing? No, I was, I was just. You were alone. I was alone. I exactly. I was, I was on my own program. Yeah. Right, so, so this was on your trip down to see the All-Americans and they're in the finals. You were invincible at the time. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to make it. You take a detour. You're going to be the, uh, the the college reporter on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What would you do next? My parents caught wind that I was calling everyone and telling them that I was going to drop out of uh, college and do this, you know, and so... And you were in Gustavus at the time? I was down in Iowa. I was in Iowa State. So I didn't even make it that far, you know. Uh, I was at the, the, I think I was at like the southern border of uh, Iowa. So I Okay, was, so you're, you're cruising down there, but you were, you, were, you were in Gustavus in school at that time. In school. My, with the movies and all that. My senior year, you know, and um, yes, yeah. And so they caught wind and they weren't happy, you know. And they're like, Nick, you got to turn around and, and go back. 
you know, and uh, and I was really devastated because I had those grand ambitions and I could see it so clearly. Uh, but I was really struggling. I hadn't slept and, uh, you know, I was in a period where I was, uh, you know, drinking alcohol too much and smoking way too much marijuana. Right, so you get weed, you get alcohol, you get lack of sleep. And you're, yeah. get, you're getting these, these these deep feelings of uh, undertones of manic. A little too grandiose, maybe, you know. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Now, and did this, did this come on? Is it, I'm curious here. Did this come on right then and there? Was it kind of uh, pretty pretty abrupt coming on? Or was it gradual through high school? Did you have other symptoms along the way? Yeah. I mean, I was always, you know, pretty anxious growing up. Um, and, uh, so I had think some generalized anxiety and I found that when I discovered alcohol, that that really calmed that down. That's becoming a theme on the van. I can, we, we just had, had, had this a minute ago. So, all right. So you were anxious as a kid. What caused that anxiousness? What would you guess? That's like the, the chicken or the egg. I don't know. I think I was always just kind of, um, hyper aware, you know, or hyper kind of sensitive to the environment and had just some, some anxiety. I remember like, uh, my dad had to come stand outside in my second grade classroom because I was just, I was so afraid. I don't even know what I was afraid of, you know? So Uh, was there any traumatic event prior to that or not really? No, I didn't. And the family was cool. The family was cool, you know, very loving home. Um, I do have a history in the extended family of, you know, mental health issues and substance abuse, which is, you know, uh, really common, but I was, um, you know, it was a great home. My brother and sister were awesome. I was just, I guess I could just describe it most as kind of a hyper, sensitivity or something did your other classmates recognize it i don't know um because i always had kind of two sides to the coin where i was kind of hypersensitive but i also had kind of that performer athlete side as well so it was that kind of so you seemed confident on the one hand on the other hand you had some doubts and insecurities expansiveness and despair you know uh and i think that's just a part of uh who i am too even to this day well it made you who you are today yeah so 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 whatever it is is and it made you who you are today yes i so so i asked about the classmates did the teachers clue in did they were they able to to clue into any of this that's a good that's a good question i well it makes you reflect it makes you reflect i remember in like third grade kind of uh with sister mary lawrence so i went to a catholic school preschool through eighth grade okay so that's a whole other you I, know, well, I, bet, I, I know the routine yeah and so i remember with i was really nervous in second grade and then something happened in third grade with sister mary lawrence who was a great uh great little nun for lack of a better expression <laughs> great, little a great, little, great little nun okay. a great kind little nun you know she was about four foot Seven, and what, what what town was that again? This was up in Duluth. Oh, Duluth. Uh, okay, so it's Duluth. You know, and I just kind of came out of my shell then that year, and uh, so you blossomed around the great little nun. I blossomed around the great little nun, and the presidential campaign was going on, and we were learning the names of all of the the Candidates presidents. And, okay, and I got really obsessed with presidential trivia and history, and and could name all the presidents' order, and still can, you know, and uh, and so that you know became an interest and. Um, and uh, sports was going on. I was a, a hockey player and a tennis player. And um, yeah. Oh, I, I hear. 
I got three questions for you. Just popped in my head. Yes. Number one. So we're going to come back to that. You're a really good interviewer, by the way. Well, this thank is, you. Uh... <laughs> well, thank you, my man. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's all improv. We're, we're, we're real people, real stories. Yes. We're, we're going for it. Yeah. So the three questions is number one, what is the most important thing to you right now in your life? You're doing a lot of stuff. Yes. Okay. So what is important to you right now? The most important. The first thing that comes to mind is just my relationship with God. All right. So my um, next my next question is this. Yeah. So there's the God coming into your life. What has to happen in order for you to have that connection, relationship, whatever with God? What has to happen? Yeah. And God, I would say, is the more that I try to define who or what that is, the less I know about it. Correct. Um, and so for me, the 12-step program has really been a godsend to kind of set up a structure and a framework around, you know, spirituality and a connection with the higher power that I then can explore in a lot of different ways. So for me, with the whole sobriety and the 12 step stuff, it's about the prayer and meditation, you know, in the morning and throughout the day, it's about trying to be of service to others. And that was really a, a big one. Powerful. You know? Powerful. Cause in my twenties, my early twenties, when I was struggling, I was so obsessed with my own visions, my own, goals my i was self-obsessed in a lot of ways and it's that selfishness that becoming so focused on 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 myself that i think leads to a lot of those problems and as soon as i started putting putting out there and like there's whole there's other people there's other people that's that's fascinating Um, so i think that mixture of prayer meditation and service um creativity fun exercise um so all that would blend into your higher self yes connection yeah to a higher power god whatever 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 terminology you would use yeah that was that's really important to you yeah so here's the third question knowing that what advice would you go back and give that second year that second grader yeah this is this is powerful uh, and this just this hit me it's, it's supposed it's yeah. real because that's what it, three questions hit me there, and yeah. this is the third one. Oh, I, I get the the chills, uh, kind of thinking about that. And I think I would tell that second grade me, you know, uh, that it's okay, you know, and to just and and to I would encourage him, you know, because I think that a lot of ways of of growing up in society can be so performance based, like how well you're doing in school, what's yes, happening, yes, yes. and so I would just say like you're you're doing okay, man. Just like, uh, just relax and, and, and keep doing your thing. And that, and that introduction to the higher power, it's interesting. Like I went to, uh, preschool through eighth grade at a Catholic school and got all this theological things, but I didn't. And I, so in my intellect, I knew so much about it and tried to practice it, but I didn't have that really that connection with the higher power that I have today. And I wish I would have had that then. We all do. You know? <laughs> Woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? If we only knew that, you know, yes, what we know now, it'd, a be, song a, it'd, about be, a that. it'd yes. be a different game. Yes. Yeah. See, that, that's pretty awesome. Right, so, so that's, so you see, when you visualize that second grader and you, let's say you, you just, I, I bring people through a meditation a lot of times. Yeah. And I have them kind of, kind of visualize that classroom. And instead of your dad being out there, you're out there. Now, now the bell rings, and 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 the little Nick, little Nick comes out. Yeah. What would you say to him right then and there? What would you do? I just pictured myself kind of clapping 
and and just being like a cheerleader. I, a cheerleader. Yeah. Could, could could you pick him up? Give him a hug. Tell him he's gonna he's awesome. Yeah. Big neck. Big Nick tells little Nick, "You're awesome." Yes, I I would I would do that. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. So so yeah. yeah that, that's a powerful. Uh, well, this is yeah. this, this is a powerful journey we're all on. Yes. And 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 we only know what we know. And there's blind spots to all of us. Yes. So if we can reveal some of those blind spots to each other, we become better. Yes. And so what I'm telling folks, you know, because of you and others out there, we're all out in California, meet all these people. Oh, it's fantastic. I say we're, we're, we're making friends. Yeah. We're influencing people. And we're, we're, we're sharing the love. Mm-hmm. And that's a big, big deal. Mm. And, and what I've learned over time, I can't teach anybody anything. They got to be ready to catch it. Catch it. That's right. We're, Catch it. And I, I, I say this all the time. So, so when Nick's on, when Nick's on with us right now, you got to pay close attention because it could be that one word, one sentence, one segment. If you catch one thing, it can change your whole life. Yes. yes. And, and that's a big deal. And that's that, what we're here to do. Yeah. And we want to bring this whole family forward. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't figure a better way to do it than with really good people going forward. Yes. And that's that's so that brings us to cadre. You're a contributor, you're a marketer, you're, you're, you got great brains around cadre. Why cadre? You know, I just love the, the mission and I love the people that I've met through. I just, in the past six months being involved in it, I've grown so much. I, I've really always wanted to be a presenter and speaker like a lot of other cool. people on the platform. And so I'm learning from them and that's really you know, what I want to focus on at Cadre is growing my ability to, to connect and, you know, deliver these, uh, you know, real experiences. And with the marketing background, I've been able to help out, you know, with different things of kind of getting some of the social media accounts going. And, um, I really enjoy the variety of all the different pursuits I'm involved in as well. And they seem to be connected in a lot of different ways. And with Cadre, it's just like such a unique, platform and i've been all you know i was telling luke you know who who's the founder of of cadre who was my high school tennis coach and just an amazing guy and that's a big reason that i'm involved is it got involved was 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 luke you know and he was there with me when i was in those struggles he would come and see me you know Uh, i have you know video of him and his son coming over and we were all just hanging out. And I was really struggling at the time. So she, but just, you were documenting that. I was documenting that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and I have a video from 2012 where I was starting this thing with, uh, these two other, uh, bipolar buddies of mine and we called it the cinematic mental health movement. And so I, in 2012, I had this eight minute video talking about the, the cinematic mental health movement. And in some ways, you know, it's, this is a, a different venture, but it's connected in in uh, in some way to that. You well, know? yeah, well, yeah, because we're, we're we're a wellness company. Yeah, but mental health is a vital. To, that. It's, it, well, not just a bucket. It's it's vital for every aspect of that. Yes. Oh God. Because yeah. if you don't if you don't have your, if you don't have your mental cognitive and and if you're just impaired or, or challenges, however you want to phrase it, it's hard. Yeah. And it'll affect everything from from your nutrition to your occupation to the environment that you're in to the people and the relationships, everything. Yes. And so it's so vital that we pay attention. That's why I asked if if the teachers were aware, because you're a young guy coming through it. And I look at Goggin's book, and he he didn't have the help he needed. And then he found some good teachers that then he really wanted to learn and expedited his learning capacity. Yes. But when he was young, he didn't have it. 
And that's why I wanted to ask you, because those three questions hit me. Yeah. And this is so imperative. And so any way, shape, or form that we can help others is we need to step out and do it. Yes. You agree? Do all the good you can where you are with what you've with got. what you have. Yeah, I think it's crucial. And I think, you know, with this new world we're in, with the, the, the pandemic and the wars going on, it's less about we're all so connected. And we see that through COVID, like is is a, a great metaphor for our inner interconnectedness what happens and what's going on in, in ukraine like we are we all know we're so connected to the the people there absolutely and so if it's you know no man is an island when the bell tolls don't ask who it tolls for it tolls for thee you uh, that's 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 brilliant i used to yeah. think, i used to think i was a badass on my own yeah and then i realized no i'm normal i'm i'm connected you know we're only as good as is our connections to everyone else yeah and if the world's fragile then you can be fragile yes and then what we need to do is is speak speak life to folks yeah. speak life into their hearts yeah. and bring those hearts to where they need to be yes to, to resonate yes. at a higher vibration you you get that you understand that Absolutely. Ho hopefully some of the folks out there will catch that as well yes. because we we read everything is energy everything vibrates at a certain level and the question is are we speaking life or are we speaking death out there yes and i rather speak life into the world Absolutely. And that's that's where we're going with this. Yeah, speaking life. All right, so 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 when you're you're a kid, I'm going back to your kid because it, it adds to where we're at today. Well, all three what, what was the greatest compliment you ever received? Well, the 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 first thing that pops to mind is my eighth grade year. So after this this time at, at Holy Rosary, I won what's called the Veritas Award. And this was like for the most virtuous student you know and it was a, a big honor within our community and so i was you know very proud of that and i think as i then got into high school and college and when i got away from that kind of you know that thing and i and i started you know alcohol drugs women and all this stuff and got you know i would would almost feel like God, I was you the Veritas winner. Now I'm, you know, uh, doing this, that, and the other thing. And so I think in some ways kind of circling back to that feeling of uh, being proud of self, but now it's less of, of kind of performance or accolade based, even though I still right. do think of, of, about those things. Yeah. You, so you went from virtue to vice. I went from virtue to vice. I really did. And then, and yeah. then, and then back to virtue. And then back to virtue. And that, mind that, you, I'm that's, not that's, perfect. No, no, we don't no, have no, to no, be. No, you know? no one's, you know, that's the problem. Yeah. No one's perfect. Yeah. We have not been perfected. And we were talking about God earlier. We have not been perfected here. However, yeah. there's excellence. There's experts. There's fantastic human beings out there. Yes. No one's perfect. Yeah. So I want to make that real clear. So you went from, from virtue to vice to virtue. Yes. How's it feel right now? It feels really good. It feels really, really good. You know, it's a, uh, there could be struggles, but having that connection, uh, that inside job connection, it's, it's, you know, beautiful. I got off the phone with, with someone I was having a great conversation with the other day and I just kind of teared up and started crying a little bit, Ooh. you know, which is not that I wasn't connected to that kind of, uh, that heart center before, you know, of, uh, oh, so you were disconnected. From I was, di I think I was really disconnected. And that's like, even if you look at the term holiness, like that always had this connotation of, of some kind of perfection, but it's really just being 
you know, more whole and, and connected. And if you look at even the term supernatural has this feeling of like a way out there, like, oh, the supernatural. But really, it's just the, it's actually maybe how we're supposed to be just super natural, just our natural selves, natural state of being in tune with nature, in tune with each other, in tune with, you know, if in you're balance, a Christian, harmony. maybe it's the inner Christ. If you're Buddhist, it's inner Buddha. If you're, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever religion you are, maybe that's the, the, the thing. But, but once again, if I get, I like learning so much about different religions, but if I intellectualize it too much, it takes me away from the actual direct experience of contact with a higher power. You're correct. A lot of people intellectualize too much. Yeah. And you lose that heart connection. Yeah. So it sounds like you found that heart connection. And when you were in second grade, you didn't, you obviously didn't have that connection. No. You wish you would have had that connection. I was stuck in its mind and its buckets of lost time. That's what it was. Yeah. How, how about mom and dad? When I was a kid, I used to, I, and I was telling this story earlier. I used to think everybody was robotic. I yeah. thought I, I thought I was the only real person who yeah. had real feelings because everybody was just going through life. They had their tasks, you check it off, and they, uh, you do this, you do that. And I thought I was the only real person. So maybe when you're in second grade, you were you felt a little bit disconnected. Yeah, it led up to a manic stage when you were 20. Yeah, because you're always a little bit of anxiousness going on. Yeah, and you went through you went through the vice, went through the alcohol, went through the women, went through the cigarette, went through everything. Yeah. Now you're coming back through the virtue side. Yeah. Do you have mentors right now? Yeah, I've got some really great uh, mentors. Yeah, in all kinds of different uh, areas. And how have they helped? Give me the, give me an example. Well, a big one in college was my college tennis coach uh, Steve Wilkinson. Okay, who, uh, he passed away in 2015 from cancer after seven years, and and they had only given him six months to live. Uh, he's the winningest NCAA coach of all time. And he would, we would say the serenity prayer every day and he would have us meditate and he preached the the three crowns, which was positive attitude, full effort and good sportsmanship. Awesome. And he wasn't a, a, a 12 step guy, but it was almost like preparing me for the, you know, those kind of, uh, he was, your, he was a guide for you. He was a guide. And so I'd go back oh. to his, you know, wisdom, uh, all the time. And, uh, both my grandpas were both really religious in their own way, but just kind of great people uh persons and so i look to them as kind of mentors uh from the past and my mom and dad honestly are so uh supportive you know and so with all these mental health challenges i've gone through i was so lucky because so many people who are going through those challenges don't have a a, a close family and i would honestly think i would be dead you know very possibly without mom and dad my brother Mr. my Wilkinson. sister Wilkinson, who I would go back to after college and, uh, you know, talk to. And uh, so, um, so you, you, it was that it was that trying that challenge, that wilderness was that that burdensome to you. Well, yeah, and you thought maybe life would be gone. Yeah. I mean, I ended up in the psych hospital three different times. You wow. know? And, yeah. and were they able to help? They, yeah. I mean, you know, I think the the modern psychiatric stuff is pretty fraught with a, diff, a lot of dead ends, a lot of different things. But once again, you you know, you kind of don't know who your angels are. And even if the, you don't, you don't know. You don't, who, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know uh, and you so know. many different angels, you know, that showed up uh, during those times and many that I don't know about or haven't talked to since, you know, to kind of uh, 
you know, get, get you through because, uh, I think the, the universe and higher power too are just kind of show us the next step really, you know, and we all want to know what's going to happen in, you know, a year or two or 10 years. And I think there is a way to, you know, manifest that kind of stuff, but it really, it seems in my experience that we kind of just get shown the next little bit to do, you know, could you write a movie on your virtue device to virtue? Have you ever, have you ever thought of it? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I kind of have a documentary about it because I have hundreds of hours of, of footage, footage of this. Yes. So we've started working. And actually, Isaac and I, two weeks ago, filmed uh, interviews with me now talking about all those experiences. So we thought it might be interesting to combine that with all this documentary footage. Memories. Uh, these memories and make it a documentary because I think it would be a really good document for 20 to 25-year-olds who are struggling with uh, mental health, with substance abuse, with all this different stuff, with finding themselves, with being an artist, with being a creative. Uh, so this project's been in the work for, you know, 14 years. Long, long time. But it could be turned into a narrative one as well, potentially. Those three visits to the psych, the psych world. Yeah. That was between 2025? Yeah, that was really between 2010 and 2012. So all right, yeah. it's a couple years. Yeah, but after I left college, you know, things intensified. Did you have a, a, a diagnosis? Yeah, I had diagnosis of uh, bipolar disorder number one with psychotic features, which is just a... <laughs> a mouthful, you know, and, um, and because I was, I had these big manic episodes and I was, you know, uh, delusional and, uh, you know, um, thinking that I was forming these, you know, million dollar corporations while at a, at the studio in Minneapolis and calling all my, my friends, but it was just that energy to connect, but it, it went, you know, too far, but I was smoking so much of this marijuana at the time that that had a really big, uh, impact, I believe in my mental health crisis. And now I don't even know, like over a very long period of time, six years, I eventually went off all medication and haven't been on medication for the past three years, which, which they say about 25% so, so the last of three years, people, no medication. Yeah. And they say about 25% of bipolar people can do that because the brain has this amazing healing capacity. And I think if you That's stay fantastic. sober, it gets, yeah. And so I'm not recommending to go no, no, off no. your medication. This was a slow, slow this, process this, it was with a long my psychiatrist. Haul. Sure. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you're, you're healthy. Yeah. I mean, let's say what's the scale of one to 10. Yeah. Where's your life right now? I would say nine. Nine. Yeah. Wow. What, what's your biggest goal from, from this point out? Just have fun, I think. Have enjoy, fun and enjoy, be enjoy. Enjoy. And and your connection to your higher self. Yes. To your better, more higher self. Yeah, I think that's really it. That's that's quite amazing. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering if you would document you documented if you'd make a movie on your whole life. Yeah. What would you call it? Well, it was called uh, well, already, yes. Johnny Butters' American Narcissism. That was the Whoa, initial uh, Johnny Butters title. Yeah, so Johnny Butters was my what I term my manic high alter ego, and so and the alter ego is no, you know, uh, that's a pretty common thing with artists and musicians, and that was kind of mine. Um, and I think at the time it was almost created in some way because, as Nick, I was kind of uh, afraid or depressed or whatever, but as this Johnny Butter, he'd go up and perform at an open mic night. He'd he would he'd, go for it. He'd walk down downtown Minneapolis with the camera rolling and just 
do his thing talking with everybody and you know having a good time and uh who's, you know. your, who's your persona today you're still doing movies who do you who do you go by i think it's uh well i do with the different movies i mean i'm ed fedora the russian character who's character. trying to make movies uh i'm will knight the groomsman i played hamlet in the last year but really i think i'm kind of come with the vice to virtue to vi or whatever that is i'm kind of just nick uh Again, Nick the poet Nick. or Nick. Uh, I'm just Nick. I guess. <laughs> I, 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 so I'm, I'm like, here's a great question. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, you take away all your titles. Yeah, movie producer, uh, head guy, uh, creative director, marketing, uh, actor. Who are you without all the titles? Yeah, uh, I mean, this goes back to prior to second grade too. Yeah. So think about it. So who are you without those titles? Yeah. Who are you? I'm the awareness or the soul that is beyond all that, you know, and that's uh, the, that's the one. I understand that. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's deep. why, you know, if you want a great book recommendation for anybody watching. Yeah, I, want, yeah, yeah, do, I do want to, I want, I want three, three of your top books. Read The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, okay. which is just such a fantastic book about not only uh, kind of opening the heart center. Sure. Um, but also like, realizing that we're not our thoughts and another great one with that is a new earth by Eckhart Tolle was another one that sure. really power of now also. Uh, yeah. and the power of now and another one for anyone who's who's you know grown up in Christianity and have uh complicated feelings with that and, and figuring out kind of who uh Jesus might be or what your connection with 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 others is is the uh it's a book by Richard Rohr called uh, "The Universal Christ," which which really helped because uh, wow. I grew up Catholic, and so wow. he's a Catholic, you know, Franciscan guy who's really connected to the the sober and recovery communities too. And he just that's amazing. It's a great book about how the the the, the Christ within, and and not to go down a rabbit hole, but in like the year one thousand, the Western and Eastern Catholic churches split. You know, okay. and in that split, the the Western version of Catholicism became much more uh, individualized about kind of individual sanctification, and then sure, that sure. splintered off with the evangelical movement, where it's so obsessed with this uh, evangelical saint. You know, about you're either going to hell or you're going to heaven. You're either saved or you're not, not saved. saved yeah. But if you read like uh, this Richard Rohr book, he talks about this universal Christ within, and even when Paul is writing in. You know, the Bible's we, we all think of it as an individual thing, but that's the body of Christ and this and how we're all connected. So I, I didn't mean to go down. No, no, no. This I, I, I asked the question. That's very, very good. Now let me yeah. ask the question is can you embody can you embody that? You can tr get better at it and practice. Now, that's what I so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that your your path of virtue right now is to embody some of these these great writers and embody what you're learning. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, and I so, love that. So, so describe, I said, look at the uh, Eckhart Tolle's, how do you embody that? What, what, what do you, what feeling do you get and how do you project it back out? Yeah. So with, with Tolly, you know, one thing he'll talk about is just focus on your breath for today. The moment. Maybe, maybe the greatest Awareness. spiritual practice, just, just focus of your breath. Or he might say when you're talking to someone and they, something that you disagree with, just don't say anything. Or it might be, you know, with like the untethered soul, just don't close your heart. You know, you can, everyone knows that feeling when you close off to a situation. And we've, we've trained ourselves to have to do this because. Protection. Protection. 
but seemingly, try yes. seemingly you never have you would never have to close your heart oh. if you don't you just, uh, lo just love them and forgive them and whatever. and and keep it open and you can almost feel that you know uh you know sensation that's that's pretty amazing yeah wow do you do you meditate i do yeah yeah so, so you, you mentioned it briefly this morning this is your routine yeah so, so you, you had a timer on it what was the what was the, you did it to uh this one was gratitude. So I used Gra it was gratitude and it was on some sort of, it was, where's it come from? Yeah. Uh, insight timer. That's what it's uh, meditation app, okay. which I found to be great. I also got introduced to uh, Buddhism in the past year. And so sometimes I'll chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, which, um, means? which means it's basically the law of sound and the law of cause and effect through sound. And it's the last verse of the, the Buddhist Lotus Sutra and is considered, you know, maybe the most powerful, uh thing uh out there all right well let's let's let me ask you a question here yeah because you just sparked me again yeah we talked about cause and effect yes you get all that do you ever have the effect before the cause well yes the effect before the cause well i mean that's interesting right because if we want that effect we got to kind of become the cause first that's uh you, so if you feel you, that you're gratitude, catch, you're catching it i'm catching it you're yeah. catching it baby okay yeah. i love that yes, yes. It's, it's deep yes and it's important yes all right so so you're a smart guy you're out in the world you had certain challenges are you are you misunderstood today well i think are you misunderstood i think one of the great uh yearnings of my 20 to 25 year, year old section was to be understood i think that was a lot of the creation of the movies and the videos i so desperately like wanted to if be only you knew the how amazing my I'm, thoughts are how amazing i am. how amazing i am yeah, you yeah. would love me and yeah. you know give me money and give me whatever would, the, the women would want me and the the everything and you know, um, there's the great St. Francis prayer, you know, seek not to be understood, Students but to understand, stand, yes. you know, and I think I still do have a, a real need to want to be uh, understood, but it's, it's, it's shifted and it's turned more to wanting to understand other people and understand, you know, uh, my higher power. And I may be misunderstood, but I would argue that in some ways we're all, we all are right. Because we all are what? Are misunderstood in some way. Well, most definitely. And you know, Wayne Dyer, who's one of my favorite kind of self-help guys, uses to say, you know, to practice being independent of the good opinion of others. And, Perfect. And that's perfectly a great, said. Well articulated. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so if you're practicing that, being independent on the understanding of others, where does that put you? With 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 from all all the all the stages you've been through, wanting to be desired, wanting to be understood. The whole nine yards, and you're practicing that. Where does it put you now? That's a great question. Um, if you were doing that today, and you you are doing it, I can yeah. tell. So, but I want I want to provoke you to go a little bit deeper. Where does that put you today? Does it does it spark anxiety or does it spark? Hmm, I, I I understand. I, I think it sparks kind of a, a comfort with it or a, a little bit of separation between a connection to others, but also a separation from worrying as much about what they might think of me. Mm -hmm. uh, and even though, once again, that's a practice. And I know intellectually, like you shouldn't worry about what others think, but I think it's so ingrained that it's been a real slow process of, uh, 
through that journey, you know? And so it's less, less, it's, it's becoming a less voice in the head. Yes. So you're, you're able to delete the doubts and securities, worry not about what other people are worrying about you, whatever, yes. whatever, whatever. You're able to eliminate it. Yeah. Wow. Are you a mentor to others? I am. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. I, um, you know, uh, sponsor through the 12 step program. So help other people, uh, go through, you know, the steps and, um, that's a, that's a big one. And, um, I also just keep up communication with a lot of different friends. And so I kind of accept mentorship from them and try to, you know, uh, help them when I can. I've been really into this, uh, value adding thing lately. Another great book is the, the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles, which is kind of less about getting, it is about getting rich, but I, Isaac and I both kind of became hooked on this theory of, uh, value creation. So sure. kind of leaving every interaction by adding more value, value than taking. And, um, that's led to some really interesting stuff. You so know, what, what do you value? I value, uh, creativity, connection, love, uh, and, um, and then at the same time, kind of going, uh, for dreams, you know, going for my dreams. Um, but it has yeah, like, like your goals and dreams, goals and dreams. Okay. Yeah. But so, so what's your biggest dream right now? My biggest dream I think is to become a, a movie star and a media magnet and a, uh, published author who speaks More to power millions to of people, uh, across the, the world, but have fun and have fun doing it and have a platform yeah. to speak your mind. Yeah. All right, so if you could speak your mind, all these things going on in the world right now, coming out of a pandemic, we got inflation, we got all these things, financials, a war in Ukraine. You want to say something? To, what would you say? What would you tell? What would you tell the collective consciousness? What would you tell? Yeah, I would just say that we're we're all in this together, cool. and we got to keep you know uh, helping each other out. Um, for some reason the 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 hamlet line just nothing good or bad only thinking make it so comes about but i feel like that's almost insensitive because we feel so connected to these situations but in a way it's like i'm not fighting in the the ukraine you know and so i think a lot of it too is figuring out how to live in this new world and how we can be helpful whether that's donating to the cause or maybe it's going over there at some point or or whatever it is but also not judging others for i was just gonna ask you what that. they're doing and um, I, I sense that you're non-judgmental i try to be yeah i yeah, mean yeah. we all have that judge in our mind yeah. uh but that's another practice to, to, and you've probably been hard on yourself in the past yeah god yeah and that's becoming less yeah has anybody just totally disrespected you ever say something really hurtful and if they did what did you do about it yeah i mean uh i remember in eighth grade you know getting bullied pretty badly on i was going to ask you that too the yeah. basketball team and uh ninth Bullies. grade on the cross-country team getting bullied pretty badly so i think i felt uh you know disrespected there um and uh different, you know, big part of the the 12 step program too is like resentments, you know, and they say resentment is the number one offender. So like, if you're kind of pissed at people or institutions or anything like that's a, can be a cause for wanting to get messed up because you're just so pissed that you're like, I'm just gonna, oh. 
drink so, you so know that's like, so that's like one that's like yeah. at the top of the list so what they recommend is just writing about that and kind of seeing what your part in that resentment is and so it focuses more about your side of the street even if someone has wronged you focusing what was your part in it is a really powerful thing because even if someone's wronged you what if you know maybe they've maybe there's nothing but maybe your part is maybe my part is like well i allowed them to have an opinion about me or so it gets complex but another sure strong you know thing is to to think of praying for them and wishing whoever you're resentful about the best instead of spewing the kind well, of mental can, venom at him because then it, it transforms then, then it you're in part of the way. problem then you're part of the problem but you can kind of heal it by you know praying for them instead of instead put the, of put the love out open your heart yeah wish them well exactly because otherwise we're just doing the same thing they're doing yeah all right so you, you get this big heart do you and you mentioned the ladies have, have you had a lot of girlfriends I have, yeah, you know, um, but I haven't had a lot of long-term relationships. relationships you well, know? Is there a reason? I don't know. In 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 college, um, I had the same girlfriend for three years, and she was absolutely amazing. But I was just, uh, you know, drinking a lot, and I was obsessed with my own self-absorbed self, and so I was always, you know, breaking up and. Uh, um and uh and and everything like that and so sometimes i look back i'm like God, you know what did i do oh, she was great why don't would you just like you know but it's like hindsight is do you, 2020. Do, you do you stay in touch with her not 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 anymore uh, or not as much anymore but we we eventually you know um and this is one of those things i don't know <laughs> if this is airy that this is one of those where it's like oh my god i <laughs> i i don't know but then yeah after college then uh you know, I went through a period where I wasn't sober and I was just kind of, you know, um, like more in the short term kind of, uh, uh, flings or more of a, you know, I wasn't a boyfriend material because I was, I, I was, uh, just kind of a drunken high lunatic, you know? <laughs> and then since I got sober, then yeah. I think I've, I've slowly learned how to love myself. And I had a bit of a, uh would try to get out of relationships quickly then you know like after you, three to six months like i gotta go but so i'm you had I'm an exit working, strategy an exit strategy so um work in progress there i'd really like to uh you know um settle down at some point oh, and, I, I, uh, the reason i'm asking yeah i sense you could be a great dad do you really i i, I do thank you you know at that higher self level yeah because you're, you're very smart yeah. The question is, is healing all those anxieties along the way Yeah, where, where you don't have the exit strategy, Yeah, where you can be in it uh, for the long haul, good, bad, and the ugly of a relationship Yes, and just sustain. Yeah. Is, is that, could that be in you? Is that in you now? I think it's in me or getting closer. Closer to you it. You know, uh, and I guess I just thought, thought I'd be faster but i am a norwegian i'm a quarter norwegian a lot of my you know great uncles and my grandpa didn't get married till he was 36 i'm 34 so i think maybe it's just a slower you know uh process um than um i had you know hoped for in some ways or imagined uh so yeah if your mom and dad were sitting here mm. what would they tell me about you about you right now mm. how would they feel and what would they tell me they would say <laughs> I, 
I, they would say Nick is a kind guy, I think, and we like him and love him a lot. I that's, think that's what they would say. That, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Right, so, so here's the final question. What is your greatest memory of all time? Oh I want to I want to go out on a high note with you because you're you're all about goodness. I just sense goodness. Yeah. So if you can think about one of the greatest memories you ever had, yeah, it's not an easy question. That's a tough one. Yeah. Anything strike you? You know, one thing that comes to mind is um, my grandpa Bernie, my dad. And, um, and my brother Pete on a fishing trip up in Canada where we were just like, did like a shore lunch. We were out, you know, catching walleyes and just catching a ton of them, you know, and we went to the shore and cooked up a fire and just had this delicious walleye and just kind of hung out, you know, and, uh, in the moment at the time, it's like, you know, that was amidst kind of that time too in 20s to, to, to 25. But to be there with, you know, my grandpa, my dad, and my brother. Um, you had that connection. I had that connection. Did you, yeah. did you feel it here even back then? I, you know, I don't know if I was felt there a breakthrough there at all. Back then, I was just like, it was almost in reflection that it becomes more powerful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that serves you as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask that. That's a great, what a great question to keep asking yourself. Well, no, absolutely. To, the, 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 yeah. the, the power of our lives is the power of our questions we ask of ourselves and others. Yeah. And and that, that makes our lives. Yeah. A lot of people kind of gloss over that. They're, they're, they're so self-absorbed. I was talking to a, a, a friend last night and, and this woman doesn't want to hear anything about what he's saying. It's all about, well, back to me. Well, yeah. how was your day? And then she ignores him. It's back to me. But there's no connection there. There's no relationship there. So there has to be this give and take. So when I'm hearing from Nick, I'm, I'm learning. Mm. You with me? I with I'm, you. I'm, yeah. catch, I'm catching stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm catching stuff from Nick. So this is this has been a beautiful experience. We need to do this. Uh, on yes. a more, I want you part of the team. Yeah. Because we're going to go far and wide. Yeah. Because we're going to affect a lot of people. Yes. And we're, we're going to do it by touching their hearts. Yes. And that, and I'm not afraid to say that because I already know who I am. Yeah. And, 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 and I was talking to uh, Daryl the other day. Yeah. And he was schooled by some hardcore Marines. Yeah. And it, it came out that the hardcore Marines all talked about God. They talked about their heart. They talked about love. And I said, wow, these are badass lovers. So, so we want to become those badass lovers in the world, meaning, meaning we, we care for people. Yeah. And we want to protect. Anything you want to add to that? I don't think so. Right. I think you can't. Let's become badass lovers, man. You can't beat. Uh, you can't beat that. Right. Hashtag badass lovers. Hashtag hashtag catch it on cadre. All right, so let's let's get some pictures, my man. It is a pleasure. Until next time, have fun doing what you do, and appreciate those around you, and always be with love, joy, and peace. See you soon. Catch it on cadre.